team. Thank you, Kev. Um, I'm going to talk to you today. Um, I think God spoke clearly to me about, about trust. Over the past few weeks, my daily readings and the stuff in my own life have been challenging me on trust as well. Trust is not just a word that stands on its own, though. <laughs> you can't say to someone, trust doesn't, doesn't work, does it? There's a tiny word that connects it to someone or something. I see that all of you are incredible people of faith this morning. Because you have put your trust in the chairs that you are sitting on. Because all of you have assumed that they will uphold you as you sit. And they have. Bless the Lord. <laughs> in life, there are loads of things that we put our trust in. Insurance policies, pensions, property, banks, institutions, professionals. They could be medical. They could be financial. Your accountant. The tax office. Paymasters. Payroll that they will produce the salary that you are supposed to have and that it's all correct. Family members. This morning, it's about trust in God, the Father. Trust in Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For each of us here this morning, or if you're listening to the podcast, we are all in a slightly different place on our journey with God. And first, we need to choose to invite God into our life and to have Jesus as our personal saviour. And having done that, then you know that when you die, you're going to heaven because he said it in his word in the Bible. My dad's favourite scripture coming up on the screen and it's John 3 verse 16 and it says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved God, our Father in heaven, wants to have an wants you to have an assurance of your faith and to be confident in your position as a son or a daughter once and for all. It's so important that you start your journey with Jesus as your saviour. Luke 10 verse 20 says, rejoice because your name oh your names are written in heaven rejoice you can be confident that god stands by his word and his promises if you have asked jesus into your heart then be assured you are his and he is yours it's finished nothing more to be said God's word 
is for you today. When an athlete runs a race, they start in the same place and someone generally fires a starting pistol or sounds a siren. For if you ask Jesus into your heart, that's God sounding the alarm or the horn or firing the starting pistol of your journey with him. It means that you can get off the starting blocks instead of stumbling and having false starts. God does this so that you know that you know that you know that you know you belong to him. God, this may be something that you've been struggling with or you might want to have the opportunity to ask Jesus into your life today. And I will give you that opportunity before we finish this morning. What about those of you who are assured of your relationship with Jesus, but you're facing challenge? Challenge that means putting more trust in God. Wrestling with thoughts of, it's me. I'm imagining it. That's unreasonable. God can't want that. Turn the other cheek. Forgive. Offer grace and mercy. Give money. Give time. Read the Bible along with everything else I've got to do. Speak to that person about Jesus. Share my testimony of how I invited Jesus into my life. Lead a group. Share with people dreams and visions and words that God gives me. I'm no one. Who am I? Someone else would do it. No, not me. People won't listen to me. No, you're right. They won't listen to you but they will listen to God. And if you have the words of God, then it's their responsibility to put them to the test to see whether they are God's words or not. It says in Nahum 1 verse 7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. How many folk have watched a child start to walk? Come on, let's see your hands. Bit of that interaction. Yeah. I can't believe I can't believe the hands that aren't up. Everybody must have seen a child walk or struggle to walk at some point. Yes? See, even Harry at the back has seen a child start to walk. Right then, first what happens? They start by standing by the furniture. Is that not correct? Yes, okay. And they walk around the edge, don't they? Holding onto the furniture, like that, don't they? Yeah, they walk around. Now, the difficulty is, is when the object or toy that they want is where? In the middle of the room, is that not right? Because they can't work out how to get there, is that right? Because they can't possibly let go. Or 
what they do, what do they do? Yes, Hazel? They drop to their, kneel, their knees and they crawl to the object because that's what they know how to do. Oh, you're all very... See, I knew you all knew this. Right then, now then, what do we do? As the adult, when you are encouraging a child to walk, what do you do? You're very mean. You move the toy, don't you? Oh, you've all done it. I can see you all, the faces. You move the toy because then they've got to push for it, haven't they? You move the toy out of the way because you are challenging them. You repeat this over and over because you are encouraging them to walk. And you know it's a far superior way of getting things and getting about is to walk rather than scrubble around on your knees. Is that correct? Yeah. How many people have seen a child sink to their knees or flop down on their bottom and burst into tears in this process? Oh, my goodness. And you don't you feel for them? And what do you do? Well, I, I generally swoop in at that moment and realise that they need a bit of love and reassurance and a bit of a cuddle, yeah? And get the toy for them just in that moment because it's all just got too much, hasn't it? But what do you do once they're over that? You do it again, don't you? What is your heavenly father encouraging you to trust him with? Is it your marriage? Is it your future? Is it your financial security? Is it your children? Is it your job or your career? There's a story of uh, three geezers, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were sold out for God. And uh, they ended up in a position where they were asked to serve the king. And they said, no, we are serving God. So they ended up in a fire. Because um, the things that we see in our world today, those things have been going on for centuries, the cruelty. So this king decided to put them in the fire. And in Daniel chapter 3, 28, Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king, spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. They have frustrated the king's words and yielded their bodies that they would not serve nor worship any god except their god. Are you trusting in the same God as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And what is he challenging you on? So, back to the child. What's the next step? The next step is that you give them a finger. Is that right? Not a rude finger. I might hasten to add for the podcast. <laughs> you offer them your index finger, may I say. And you generally walk them around the room. That's caused quite a giggle, hasn't it? 
generally walk them around the room or to the different things that they want, don't you? And that's the stage where you get the backache, isn't it? Because they're not quite tall enough. So you're doing this, aren't you? Walking them and they walk you to everything that they want, which is quite exhausting. They're shaky, but they've got a degree of confidence to see and to be able to collect it. And you cheer them and congratulate them, don't you? Because you're all wonderful parents and guardians and aunties and grannies and granddads and everything else if I've missed it out. A few moments ago, I explained about having an assurance of faith so that we can move off the starting blocks, just like an athlete at the starting block. And once the starting pistol is fired, the race is on. But if they start and then say, oh no, I'm not sure, was that the start? Hang on, am, am I definitely registered for the race? Uh, I'll just check with the organisers. Has anyone ever seen an athlete do that? I haven't. They don't check whether they're definitely registered. They just start running, do they not? Uh, how many of us, sometimes in our faith, we do that? Uh, no, hang on, I just need to check. I don't think my name's down. No, no, I think I'm not, I, I don't think I, that's quite right. You don't actually move forward, you stay at the same point. And you get cross and you fall out with God every time something happens in your life that's a challenge, just like the child who falls on its bottom and cries. And sometimes that's okay, because the same as we've just said, we rush in, don't we, and offer love and comfort so your heavenly father does. But the fact of the matter is that child still can't walk. And they still have to overcome the hurdle at some point. From today, God is urging you to trust in him. To push through and to learn it. Some of us have been on the journey for a little while. And God wants to move into every area of your life. Present, future, work, leisure, relationships, every area of your life. Nothing is confined, not to a Sunday, nor church activities, but present wherever and whatever you do. Some have been on the journey for a long time. And you're comfortable with God in your living and breathing but he's still stretching and challenging you to trust him for more and more, for bigger and greater things in his kingdom, for his glory, despite the cost, which can be huge. But never, ever as much as our Savior, Jesus. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Not only to me, but to all those who loved his appearing. To our small child, 
Remember? The stage is what? Ensure that they're standing. Remember that stage? You stand them and you balance them, don't you? You have somebody there to balance them or you get them balanced. And then you get somebody else that's opposite them, don't you? Where they And they have to be somebody that they love because otherwise if they don't know them, they're like, oh, I'm going to you. And then you go like that, don't you? Come on then. And you shake the toy, don't you? And you go, here it is. And you go, come on. You go like that, don't you? And you might only be that far away, but you're going, come on. Now then, do they, here's a question, Amy, do they automatically walk towards that adult? The girl's shaking her head and she's saying no. That's for the podcast. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't. They don't. They don't walk to you straight away. They need coaxing. They need encouraging. What in your life is God encouraging you to trust him with today? God wants you to move on and to encourage you into a full maturity. Within this room, there is such a massive spectrum of experience and trust in God. We have to live with the tension of faith and action, and good stewardship. Last Sunday, we remembered those who have sacrificed on our behalf, those that have stood God on walls and borders of our land, ensuring our protection. They stand against dictatorship and evil plans to destroy certain groups of people. God created each person, and he loves each one, and our job is to stand in the gap and to share the Father's love with all people. The week before that, we shared about the vi our vision, taking old treasures and promises that God has given us as a body. And we know what we should be doing. And this week, I read in Haggai. And if I'm honest, I just wept. Because it was the final part of what I believe God was asking me to share with you today. And the words are harsh. But after some time, when I was thinking, I can't read that. They'll all go home and want to be fed up. I realized that what it boiled down to was, God is calling us and calling you as an individual to trust and obey him. He is, he is offering you today a moment from this day forward. A moment in your life. If you have a chance to read that chapter, please do. But it's not for the faint-hearted. You'll see God's challenge to the people when they were slow to obey or disobedient there are consequences that we have to live with. But this is a time to put it right from this day forward. A decision day. Haggai chapter 2 verse 19 says, But from this day forward, I will bless you. God is offering a challenge to you this morning. 
irrelevant of what's gone on, irrelevant of where you are in your journey, but he is saying, right, okay, make a decision, make a choice from this day on. This is a moment for you. Okay, back to our child. Remember that little child? Okay, what happens? They take a step. How many steps do they take? It's generally about one, isn't it? Sometimes they go into a one, two, three, four, and fall towards you, do they not? Depending when they're walking. Some children literally run and fall into the arms. Some take a couple of steps and then sit down. But gradually, with much encouragement, they get over to the point where they are walking. They must do because I don't see many that are crawling of our children. They're all walking, aren't they? I really sense God wanted me to use this example because wherever you go this week and over the next coming weeks, God's going to remind you of this when it comes to trust. As you look at a little tiny one that's staggering along and using and walking, God wants you to move forward in your journey of trust with him. God is asking for one step. Or the first couple of steps, that's all he's asking for. He's not asking you to complete the journey. I remember when we talked about a whole host of different stuff uh, as leadership team and we're going, oh my goodness. And we came back to the fact that God was asking just one step. We hadn't got to have everything. We just got to do one step. That's what God is asking you. One step. You can do one step, can't you? Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. It says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. Don't you want solid food? I don't want to be on milk for the rest of my life as a Christian. Hebrews chapter 5 says, For although... For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, that you have come to need milk and not solid food. Solid food belongs to those of you who are of full age. Come on. Don't be on milk. You need to be on solid food. Back to our child analogy. What's the next step once you've got them walking? What do we all do? And you men are the worst for it. Sorry to be a bit gender. What do you normally do? You put them on a high surface, do you not? And then what do you do? You get them to run to, to come, jump to you, don't you? Knowing that, trusting that they're, they're gonna, you're going to catch them. Is that right? I know you do. I've done it. <laughs> And you go, oh, it's amazing how much they trust me. <laughs> Don't you do that? <laughs> and then you go, you think, oh, yeah, I'll put them on there. Okay, you walk there. Water me then. We wonder what, whether the child will trust us. We keep moving forward. The reason that that's helpful is because no matter where you are in your relationship and journey with Christ, God the Father is moving you forward. 
he is asking more of you. It doesn't, it's not a case of you've got there. We have never arrived with the trust in him. He is constantly saying, come on, come on. I can get more from you. I want you to trust me more. We need to choose who we're serving and who we're inviting into our lives. Hebrews 2 says, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. But we see him for who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist, bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified in all one source, that is why he's not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says, Since then we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold then to our confession. For we, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Our God is big enough. We can trust him. We just need to hold our nerve on whatever it is we're trusting him for. This morning, we need to encourage one another to be obedient to what he asks or has asked us to do. Whether he's asking of us must be to fall in, it must fall in line with God's character. Whatever it is he's asking, it's got to fit with his character. And if you're unsure, speak to somebody. Speak to a couple of people that are further on in the journey. Ask them to listen to what it is that you think God's saying to you. And if they agree with you, great. Get them to pray with you and carry on your way. If they go, no, that's ridiculous. If you have two people that go, no, that's not what God would say, then don't do it. Ask them to pray for you and deal with it. It says in Matthew chapter 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. This means put God first in everything in your life, in order of your relationships and your loved ones. It should be God, spouse, children, family, ministry. God wants to be first in your work life and studies. Give 100%. 
and ensure that what it is you do, what is asked of you, be honest, upright, generous, kind, compassionate, grace-driven, and servant-hearted. As you walk the walk in your work with his joy and his peace, people want to know about your Jesus because they see that God's ways work. God wants to be given the first fruits of your finance. It's him that enables you to be healthy and to have the ability to work or to have the provision through the state for your needs. Why do you need to give God? Because that's what he asks. He asks for 10%, which is not actually a great deal. 10 pence out of one pound. I don't know how much you give. And as a church, we are very careful about who knows about tithes. Because you know what? It's between you and God. The right amount for you to give. But some of you, for some of you, the amount may appear small. But it's all that you have. And a huge step of trust in God. For some of you, God has given you the ability to earn a great deal of money. God wants you to seek him first. That just means that you'll put more in the bag. But remember, all the other things are added. Adam and I have used this principle throughout our lives in seasons, of times of plenty and times of debt. And at times when we felt okay, and at other times when we've struggled and gone without in comparison to perhaps others around us. But we've come through and we know that times of lean will come again and that we have learned stewardship and can testify wholeheartedly to the goodness of God and to pass on this principle to our natural children and to those that we have a privilege to share with. Don't ask me to explain, to explain it, but we love to be generous to others because we've found that you cannot outgive God. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense, but somehow our needs have always been met and there has always been enough. And there have been so many times that we don't know how it's stretched. But that doesn't mean to say that we've had a lavish life where we've experienced everything's wonderful. Because that's just romanticised. That's not reality. God wants to release more gifts and his presence upon us. But that means we need to put him first in every area of our lives. We need to give him the credit when he orchestrates our lives and works things out together for our good. Give him glory and praise. It may not be in the order that you wanted it or the timing that you wanted it, but he knows the end from the beginning. To trust in God is to invite him in and then honour him and thank him for what he's doing. 
whether he uses professionals to help you get your finances back on track or whether God gives you promotion and teaches you on stewardship of money. There are three specific things that I believe God wanted me to share that he's offering you from this moment on. And I've sat with these for weeks. And the same things have not left me. They've been there when I woke up and when I've gone to sleep. So you test them. It may be for one individual or for a few. I don't need to know. My job is to just be obedient. Number one, inviting Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour, to know it and to move forward in trusting him and get off the starting blocks. Secondly, there are folk choosing to work above and beyond for fear of not having enough money for your future, particularly your pension. You need to know that it is driven by fear and God wants you to trust him. Thirdly, honour God in your work time. Don't steal time. Don't steal things. Be righteous in your work time. Be punctual. Be hardworking. Don't just talk about Jesus, but do the work you are employed to do. I've got another scripture, and it says, God spoke to me about the story of uh, when the Pharisees came to Jesus, and they offered the coin, and they said, Jesus, who, who should we give this to? And he asked them to look at whose picture was on the coin, didn't he? And he said, give to Caesar that which is Caesar's, and give to me the things that are of me. I felt really strongly that God is saying you need to make sure that you put things right. You want to see God move in your lives, then you need to get the order right. And I'm really sorry because it's not a flouncy, flavorable word, but I felt very strongly. I've sat with this and wrestled with this. We're going to pray. We're going to take a moment and we're going to pray right now. And I'm going to give you an opportunity. And I'm going to be giving people an opportunity to stand. Now, this is not for my benefit. If nobody stands and I talk this, it doesn't make any difference. I've done my job. Okay? This is about you receiving your from this moment from your king, from your father. And first of all, there are those of you that want to accept Jesus as your savior and to know you are in the race and that your future is secure and that you are destined for heaven and that you can get off the starting blocks once and for all, then for you... I want you to stand.
Next, I'm going to ask if you know God has spoken to you about trusting him in your life and your circumstances, whether it's finance, work, to do what he's called you to do, to stop some things, to start what God has been prompting you to do, to put him first in all areas of your life, whether you're a teenager, a grown adult, then this is your chance to accept what God is offering you today from this day on, a new beginning. If that's you and you want God to bless you from this day forward, please stand. I'm going to hold on one more moment because just the same as we remember about that child, there are those that are hesitant. And you're worried that somebody might think something, that they might make an assumption because you are so aware of your circumstances that somebody else is going to work it out. You know what? They haven't got a clue. This is your moment. It's between you and your heavenly father. Don't miss it. God is saying to you, this is your moment. From this moment on, you make the choice and I will bless you. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that you give us stories and pictures that help us to understand how you want us to move on in our journey. Lord, I pray for each one. I pray that you would make very clear to them the one step. Give them the confidence to do that which you have called them to do. Lord, they are making a stand and a promise before you today. Lord, I pray that you would open up your heaven and bless each one. Pour out blessings. Lord, for those where it's financial, Lord, I pray that you would heap your blessings. I pray that things would come through the post. I pray that vouchers would be given. I pray that money would be found. Lord, we don't care where it is, back of the sofa, in other accounts. Lord, I don't care what it is, but Lord, I pray that you would bring your provision. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling with this fear, this fear to continue, to continue, to continue because they don't know whether they're going to have enough. Lord, I pray that you would take that fear away in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would set them free and give them a reassurance in their soul. I pray they would feel it in their, in their belly, Lord. I pray that you would release it in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, for those that need to move on in you and get off the starting blocks and trust you as their Lord and Savior and start walking, Lord, I pray that you would give them each step that they are to take. And Lord, we pray these words from Haggai. Be strong, all you people of the land, for I am with you declares the Lord of hosts. This scripture is for you. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. For the Lord of hosts, in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Lord, I declare that for every individual standing, for those listening on the podcast on their knees, for those for this body, Lord, I pray that you would release the silver and gold. Lord, I pray that you would pour your presence into this body. I pray that you would release your presence amongst us. Lord, I pray that you would come in your power and we will give you all the glory. We will acknowledge you. We give you praise. And the people said, Amen. Please remain standing. We are going to sing. We're going to sing, Blessed be the name of the Blessed be the name of the Lord. Is that right? Blessed be the name. I can't remember. I do know the song. This is a song that I uh, is very close to my heart. Um, Adam was extremely ill when uh, Grace. I was pregnant with Grace. He had severe depression with uh, paranoid and psychotic um, tendencies. Should have gone into a hospital, but didn't because they knew of my background. So I managed it at home and we prayed and all the saints prayed. And as I had, as I was pregnant, carrying a little one, I had no clue. I had no idea whether whether he was ever going to work again, whether I was just going to have to manage raising a child and looking after a husband. I had no idea how finances were going to go. I got my ministry in tatters because we had to give up youth. Everything had to stop. All the family thought she's bound to get postnatal depression. It's bound to happen. All the statistics, it's all against her. It was a really hard time and it was dark. And afterwards, we had to put our marriage back together. It was difficult. But you know what? God always watches over you. And I will never forget the way that he carried us through those times 
And the only way that I stand before you is because of what God has done. He gives and he takes away. And no matter how dark the time is at the moment, your God will sustain you because he sustained me. And he has sustained so many others in this place. You need to know that. We are going to take up our tithes and our offerings, and we are going to give God praise and glory. Is that okay? Let's, let's sing, shall we?